it'll go great at the end of the episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Um. Sup, fam? <laughs> My name is Peter. <laughs> My name is Carl. And you're listening to Do You Even Lift, Bro? Men Exercising Social Justice. Thank you all so much uh, for tuning in. We deeply appreciate it. Today, we're going to get down and dirty with the function of humor. Before we get into that, though... How are you, Carl? <laughs> I'm pretty good. Um, came off a pretty great night of Men in the Movement, and so I'm hyped today. And I hate the people who answer this question with, like, the weather's perfect outside, but goddammit, it was just nice soaking in the weather. It's re-energizing for me, so how are you? Um, I'm completely the opposite. I hate the weather right now. <laughs> okay. uh, I think it's too hot, and I hate it, but I'm doing well. I'm doing about as well as the last episode, so <laughs> okay. I'm feeling the same way. I sometimes cough completely sporadically. Like, there's no feeling. I just start coughing, and okay. so it makes classes really awkward, but I'm getting over it. Word. All right. What's important about humor for you? I would say humor is a very integral part of my personality, okay. obviously, but um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I think growing up, I was always kind of the class clown. And no. No, right? <laughs> but um, I would always kind of, I always really liked um, humor and like the idea of being witty and like sharp when it comes to a conversation, always having something to say that's funny so and that's that's how i express myself socially is when i meet new people i try to find something funny to say right off the start so it's a very useful tool in my catalog of not being completely alone okay have you ever failed oh obviously (laughs) all the time you throw (laughs) at the wall until something sticks okay we'll talk about humor as an approach to social justice like throwing the wall later when i think about this like i'm not good at experiencing or expressing joy and i think that does the movement a disservice i think particularly for marginalized groups being funny and having fun and feeling joy is an act of resistance and so i think humor is vital to surviving oppression right like if you're not able to laugh and have fun then what's the freaking point and you'll probably burn out pretty quick so yeah i'm excited to talk about this because we do want to talk about the function of humor like how does humor work in a lot of ways and then is humor a potential medium to achieve some level of social justice one of the things that comes immediately to mind for me is whenever we as men in the movement or i personally sort of approach men with who are exhibiting problematic behaviors or wearing a shirt that has a ram raping a buffalo or bison um right before the rocky mountain showdown and we talk we talk to them and we're like yo like that shirt depicts rape like the hell are you doing Mm -hmm. the most common response to being called out for problematic masculine behavior is it's not a big deal man it's just a joke or i'm just joking or yeah And the men will attest to this, like it's just one of the most common responses. And so I think it's important to talk about the functionality of humor. Like what is the point then if you're just joking about rape? And one of the coolest things that I've come across to explain that is there's this guy, his name is Jason Steed. He is at Fifth Cirque Appeals on Twitter and he has this thread called, um, it's the first one is I wrote my PhD dissertation on the social function of humor. And one of the most important things that I think he says is humor is a social act and it is always in social context. We don't joke alone. Humor is a way we relate slash interact with others, which is to say humor is a way we construct identity, who we are in relation to others. We use humor to form groups and to find our individual place in or out of these groups. So joking and humor is one tool by which 
we assimilate or alienate. Right. So what's the what was kind of what's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear some of that? I think the first thing that comes to mind is what we were talking about in the previous podcast about Louis C.K. and all of his jokes about masturbation, and then all of these allegations coming out as he masturbated in front of women without their consent. And I think that is kind of relates perfectly into humor is how we construct identity. Mm -hmm. And so obviously masturbation was a very big part of Louis C.K.'s identity, identity, which is interesting to think about. Um, Uh, I mean, it might be for a lot of men yeah, and women, I suppose, but men. Definitely. But like not a healthy lookout on (laughs) masturbation, what I would think, not like this idea of like, you know, exploring yourself or like just arriving joy from your own self. It was more of just like, yeah, I masturbate to like all the and like it was really kind of gross how he described it and grimy so i think that just kind of plays into how we constructed his identity around um sexuality and how he used that humor to like kind of play it off Mm -hmm. yeah and the thread goes on to say like so people who make like racist jokes are trying to feel out who will accept his or her racism Mm -hmm. in the group right when someone challenged them and they just say just joking it's a signal to them that that particular person isn't down and so the way that groups are constructed through racist jokes is that people tend to find groups where they can make racist jokes and then don't have to say just joking so it is an expression an internal expression of how they like really feel about the world and are trying to feel out like what's okay and what's not okay and oftentimes use it as a function to find people who are okay with it right yeah. and so what was important that came out of that particular twitter street uh, thread for me is we have to continue to challenge people even if especially if they say just joking and one of my favorite tools is to say oh i don't get it so can you explain the joke and if you have to explain that there's a ram raping a bison on your shirt i think people just like start going oh uh, i'm an idiot yeah and that i think is some self-reflection is an incredible process for social justice yeah and that's i think that's such a huge part in stand-up comedy specifically is feeling out the room Mm. you used to perform yeah i used to do a little bit of stand-up and um i (laughs) I don't know why i laugh at that i just (laughs) i think i would laugh if you came out on stage no offense (laughs) (laughs) just just, what's up guys what's up fam Hey, y'all, let's talk about Twitter and Instagram. (laughs) That's not what my comedy consists of. Anyway, um, feeling out the room is and judging how your jokes affect the crowd is so integral to being a successful comedian. Mm. And I think a lot of comedians, especially professional comedians, if you look at professional stand up where it's like thousands of people come to see these people, they do a lot of jokes where the crowd just goes silent (laughs) because it may be so dark or offensive. And then the comedian will be like, oh, what? Now you get silent. Right. That's the line. And they feel offended sometimes. I mean, jokingly, right. I don't know if they're actually offended because I'm sure they knew that that joke would not get the reception that they it got. But hmm. also how like comedians who are um, kind of within the movement of social justice, mm-hmm. how they say jokes and how they like see the crowd is like, all right, who here's a racist basically as right. a joke. And they'll be like, all right, who's a homophobe? Because I've definitely seen a lot of comedy where they like make a joke and then it was like, all right, gotcha. Right. Like you piece of like, <laughs> you laughed at that. You. F- <laughs> so I think that kind of plays into how comedy is very integral to social justice, but also that idea of like feeling out the room, seeing who who your 
alienating mm-hmm. and who you're also assimilating within within your group. Yeah, because I think if you have to appeal to a wide audience, then you have to play off the assumptions of what that audience thinks of this and that, right? In mm-hmm. order for jokes to make sense. Like there has to be a baseline normality there. And in this particular culture, that means there's a baseline normality of what it means to be black, what it means to be Latinx, or what it means to be white, what it means to be Asian American, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be transgender. Like all of those assumptions are embedded in everyone enough to where you can make racist jokes for it to even make sense in the first place. And I think that's where I bump up against comedians specifically because even if you try to subvert gender roles, like mm-hmm. if, if I think Kevin Hart makes fun of himself for like hiding behind vending machines, it's going to go down with his partner, his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, even that subversion of him not totally aligning with masculine values of wanting to fight for a woman still relies on understanding that that's what men are supposed to be. And I think it actually ultimately reinforces the notion that men should be strong and ready to fight all the time because people are laughing at him for being not masculine. And so even comedy that subverts gender roles in this particular case, I still struggle to believe that it moves the needle forward in breaking down gender roles. Yeah. And so one of the things I wanted to ask you about is can humor, can comedy be an avenue in which to move the needle around certain social issues? Yeah, I think definitely that is the case. And I'd like to bring up an example of something that may be the case. I'm still a little shaky on it, but it's uh, the new Sasha Baron Cohen show. It's on Showtime and it's titled Who is America? Okay, I haven't seen it. And, so uh, I can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> you're on your own. Sasha Baron Cohen, if you don't know, he's the uh, comedian slash movie producer who did Borat. He did Bruno. He did the Ali G show. And his whole entire philosophy is about creating these like caricatures of people to bring out the worst in other people and mm-hmm. to kind of expose them. Okay. So in his words, he does not agree with these types of stereotypes that he's portraying. He's just creating that stereotype so people believe him and believe that that stereotype exists and then it brings out the worst in people so and these have serious repercussions for the people who are got if you will okay the show who is america has had such controversy from its first airing and one of the uh examples is jason spencer a georgia uh georgia state lawmaker was pranked into believing cohen was an israeli anti-terrorist expert this is coming from cnn news basically Sasha Baron Cohen is trying to teach Jason Spencer alternative methods of defending against terrorists. Okay. And so one of the methods he employs is like, you have to bring attention to yourself. And what's the one word in American society that everyone gets attention from? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And Sasha Baron Cohen says, you have to scream the N word. (laughs) And also terrorists are very homophobic. So you have to take off your pants and show them their butt and show your butt to them while you're screaming the N word. Okay. And as I'm saying it, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds like no one in their right mind would do this. In their right mind. However, Jason Spencer (laughs) completely complied with Barron's requests. And so he did take off his pants and shove his butt into Sasha Baron Cohen, who's pretending to be a terrorist and screaming the N word on the top of his lungs. And (sighs) the repercussions of that is that he was fired from his job. Who? Jason Spencer was fired from the Georgia state legislation. Damn. And this is the same guy who is trying to enact laws to keep up statues depicting Confederate soldiers and generals. Okay. And the Confederate flag in the Georgia law house. Okay. So, okay. So arguably there's some level of 
justice done because there was an important power player removed from making decisions, important decisions around racial justice specifically. Mm -hmm. I assume this guy is white. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Super white. Because we, you and I talk about process when it comes to this podcast and social justice as like, if the process isn't rooted in uplifting the voices of the oppressed, hearing and listening and showing compassion to everyone and understanding justice as something that is like in the right, if you will. Yeah. We talk, I'm so this is a process that got someone who probably needed to be fired. I find myself wondering if that's the best way, even if the result seems to be fairly positive in terms of social justice movements as a whole. Yeah, definitely. I think this idea of because um, Sash Baron Cohen, without a doubt, is a bully. OK. And he's a big prankster too. Right. He has no sympathy towards these types of people that he's pranking, but he understands them so well that he can get them to do whatever they want. He's a bit of a genius, I think. Yeah. In that sense, yeah. But there's also percussions that come up to Sacha Baron Cohen when he does this type of work. In the same story, this U.S. Senator um, Roy Moore is suing Sacha Baron Cohen for $95 million. <laughs> Okay. For being pranked on the show. And so what happened in the show was Sasha Baron Cohen came in with this device that would detect child molesters and rapists. And it was supposed to like, there's this chemical in the people that like, if you, if I wave this wand over you and it beeps, you're a child molester. But obviously it's not going to beep because you're obviously not a child molester. (laughs) However, Roy Moore, like many allegations has, have come out for this guy about being abuser towards children and also rape and sexual assault. Yep. And so Sasha Baron Cohen gets out this wand and he waves it on himself. He's like, see, not a rapist. And then he waves it on Roy Moore and it's like, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> and he's like, I think it might be defective. This is, you're not a rapist, right? And the guy's like, I'm, what is this? And so he basically left hmm. and was so offended that he's suing him for $95 million. Wow. And I don't know what that says about Roy Moore being That's a, good point. a abuser and a rapist and a child molester but i feel like suing the guy for almost a billion dollars well not that's maths yeah (laughs) for almost a hundred million dollars i'm not in math classes anymore i'm a journalism student um doesn't say well to his effect and these allegations that's true you think if there wasn't anything in there that tasha baron cohen if there wasn't a nerve that was touched i think you'd be like that's funny that would be my reaction if that something like that happened yeah. to me, right? But if, like, I don't know, man. I don't know the circumstances around Roy Moore, but doth protest too much, you know? Yeah. So I think I personally am kind of on Sasha Baron Cohen's side okay. when it comes to this type of social justice comedy. Okay. Because while it may not be the ideal form, it gets results. And okay. I think that is so important to the type of um, work that we do because he is a man. Yep. He is. He does have salient identities that give him privilege within this work, but he's using those identities to get people in America that actively oppress people out of the office. That is, I think, a pretty cool example of being able to use some of your like economic power and some of your privileged identities to do some of that work. So I think you're absolutely right there. And I mean, granted, this whole show is about making fun of everyone. So... He, okay. I don't, I wouldn't say, cause he tax, he tackles a lot of white privilege too, which is interesting. Okay. I don't know. It touches on a lot. And I think the Sasha Baron Cohen at his best is a person who exposes the types of people that have power within our legislation, okay. who harbor a lot of 
um, hate, hate. Yeah. That they will deny, of course, but he exposes that and he puts it on national TV and there are serious repercussions for exposing that. I do think one of the more difficult ways to sort of exercise social justice, if you will, is to what? Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Is to (laughs) develop the skill to be able to hold up a mirror to folks. And I think from what it sounds like, I've never seen the show, from what it sounds like, the show does a pretty good job of holding mirror up to individuals, but also the show's called This Is America. So trying to have. Who is America? Yeah. Oh, who is America? Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Sasha. Not the Um, Donald Glover song. (laughs) (laughs) Which was also kind of a mirror. Yeah. But yeah, I think I would think about like, in your conversations with men who are just saying that they're just joking about rape, like try to figure out questions and ways to hold the mirror up. You're absolutely going to get resistance. And I think part of this work, part of the interpersonal work is to be able to stay in that conversation, to be able to continue to ask the right questions at the right time and to continue to hold the mirror up to people who are behaving in ways that are harmful. Um, And it takes time to develop, but it's an important skill. And I think we as men have that responsibility to take on because we have privileges and to the men who are who are we're openly trying to change or Mm. defy in this type of work these type of people only listen to men Mm. so it is our responsibility to i think to call them in and to question themselves and as you said hold up a mirror because we as men are the only type of people that will get through to these heads if there's a better (laughs) word for it Uh, maybe i think there's a clear path for us uh there's more social capital for us i would be careful and like potentially disempowering marginalized voices and their ability to get through to people as well. Especially men in the movement, it is mostly, I think, women and survivors who share stories with men who got them into the group in the first place. And so mm-hmm. balancing, recognizing our power as cis men to do a brunt of the work, a lot of the work by relating to other cis men on that identity level and also holding on to the power of marginalized voices when they talk about their experiences is really important. Yeah, I think you're completely right. And I think this idea of we may be critical of humor, but humor is not the problem and actually as we've shown humor is extremely essential to social justice i think i would agree because we're dealing with some heavy stuff right here Mm -hmm. and without humor self-care would be non-existent yeah i'd shrivel up and die yeah so for all you out there who are two of you all yeah all three of you (laughs) hi mom hi dad are listening try and i would say understand humor to an extent where you know its effects and its impacts towards people and how we use humor like jason steed get off your high horse steve (laughs) whatever dude but is to understand how humor alienates and assimilates yes and i think also don't demonize humor use humor for self-care and relating to other people and maybe doing some social justice work well said peter yeah that's why I'm here. <laughs> Before we close out, do you have any favorite jokes? Oh, um, yeah, that's a good point, man. I, not really. I'm terrible at retaining that kind of. I read one this morning. I'll try to rec- I'll try to recreate it. All right. It'll be funny if you botch it too. Okay, we'll see. There's a linguistics professor, mm-hmm. um, and he said that the English language is one of the very few languages where two negatives can result in a right. You've heard this one. I think so. And that doesn't happen in other languages like Russian or whatever. And then he says, there is no language where two positives can make a wrong. 
And then from the back of the room, someone was like, yeah, right. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one corny joke that I really like is, this is going to be really dumb and stupid, but I like it. You don't um, have to qualify, man. Yeah. What do you get when you cross a shark with a porcupine? What? You get the away from that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fine. Whatever that is, you get away. Uh, man, we should have looked up some social justice jokes before we got in here. Feminist jokes, maybe. Feminism isn't something to joke about. Shut up. <laughs> and that will do it for this episode of Do You Even Live, Bro? Men Exercising Social Justice. If you have feedback, thoughts, comments, questions, or want to be interviewed for a podcast, please email WGAC at colostate.edu. That's WGAC at C-O-L-O-S-T-A-T-E dot E-D-U. Huge shout out to the partnership between the Women and Gender Advocacy Center and KCSU here at Colorado State University for allowing this podcast to even happen. For more content about masculinity, check out meninthemovement.blogspot.com. And for more information about the WGAC, go to wjc.colostate.edu. For more 90.5 KCSU content, go to kcsufm.com. Music production by Xavier Hadley, a.k.a. Zavley. Check him out at soundcloud.com slash Xavier Hadley. That's X-A-V-I-E-R-H-A-D-L-E-Y. Peace. Tuning in, we deeply appreciate it. <laughs> Gross, dude. <laughs> That's like a beginning of porn. No, that's ASMR. AS, what is that? ASMR. ASMR. Do you know? Do you not know what ASMR is? It's like this whole category of YouTube videos where they get a really nice mic, but they get really close to it and they whisper in it. And sometimes they do like. What does it stand for? Audio sensory something response. Oh, to help people sleep? No. Some people get off to it. It's, oh, it's like okay. it's, you get a tingling sensation out of it is oh, what okay, people no, say. I, okay, here. I've heard of that. And they put like a brush up to the microphone. They're like, I'm going to brush my hair today. <laughs> and people are like, whoa. And they, it's so funny how much money they spend on their microphones. It's funny. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting.